um, if you're constantly doing the sagittal plane, the sagittal plane slut, I guess, is what <laughs> it's we're going, going with. baby. And welcome back to episode eight of the MyFit Podcast here with Professor G. What's going on, G? What's going down, dude? And also uh, the magnificent Mr. Tony helping us out with media. Thanks, Tony, for everything that you do. Obviously, would not be with, here without you. So thank you for all the behind the scenes work. We're here at MyFit Fitness, CrossFit Lakeville. On a cold winter day, it's about 18 degrees. We've got some snow on the ground, but we are here to give you guys some knowledge bombs. Today, we're going to talk about three different ways to add variance into your training. So those of you guys that have been doing, you know, chest on Monday, you know, back on Tuesday, and then you got, you know, the biceps and triceps on Wednesday. You might go into that core and glutes, of course, and then maybe just a little (laughs) bit of calves on Friday, but no, nothing too crazy. No, no quads and hamstrings because I know you guys don't like doing legs out there. So today we're going to give you guys three ways to mix up your training, add some variance in, just give you something new and hopefully give you a new stimulus and different gains. At the end of the day, we're looking for results and sometimes doing the same thing over and over expecting the same result um, is just insanity at its finest and we're not going to be moving it's chaos forward. it's chaos so today we're gonna have an awesome conversation the first thing i want to talk about in adding variance to your training is adding tempo work into your lifts Love so this. what is tempo right tempo would be in the strength and conditioning world it would be the speed of the lift so you're going to hear words like concentric eccentric but just dumbing it down is literally the eccentric is a negative movement. You'll hear negative sometimes, or you'll just, it's the down against gravity or with gravity going down. The concentric is going to be moving against gravity going up mm-hmm. typically. And then there's an isometric in there. Of course. And for some of the some of these people, they're like, man, I, I just lift the same speed all the time. I'm, I'm yeah, down, it's down and up, up and it's just normal. And I bench and everything is always the same. And guys, think about that in a sense of whether you do CrossFit or not, um, Doing the, we know doing the same thing over and over is not going to help us. we got to mix up our training. So one of the ways to do it is with tempo. So we know there's different ways to mix it up. There's also different ways of writing it. So what Chris and I want to help you guys out today is uh, learning how to write it, how to read it, and then how to perform it. So first thing, how to write it. What I want to do is First of all, figure out my four letters. So you guys are going to see something um, on the whiteboard or on your program. It might be a three zero x zero tempo. What that means is the first number is always the eccentric. So think about yourself moving down first. So let's use the back squat, right? Bars on your back. You're going to step back. The first number is a three. So I'm going to count a three count at the bottom. Three, two, one. As I'm is that Mississippi? Slow, right? Not three, two, one. Okay, I'm at the bottom. Take your time, three, two, one, going to the bottom. Now, at the bottom, I got a zero as my next number. I'm not spending any time at the bottom. My third number is the way up. If you see an X, that means I'm going up as fast as I can. So I have a three account on the way down, zero count at the bottom. My X, I'm flying up, and then at the top, I have another zero count, which means I'm going right back into the three-second eccentric. So this is a very eccentric-driven um, way of, of training. You can also do something like a 3030, which I've done before. It's going to put a lot of tension and uh, time under tension on your muscles. So a 3030 would be something like three seconds on the way down, nothing at the bottom, 
three seconds slow coming up, nothing at the top. You could imagine you getting under some legit weight, three three oh three oh, you're gonna be a lot of time under tension, probably not gonna get a ton of reps, but uh bang for your buck could be something big. Chris, what uh what do you know about tempo training? What where have you kind of used it with your athletes? I follow a lot of the NESM protocol, the mm-hmm. National Academy of Sports Medicine and for their stability phase, so their first phase, you're starting somebody out brand new or somebody that's been training for a long time, wants to revamp their training, we'll bring them back through a stability phase. So the tempo for stability phase would be four to one. So four seconds on the down, really controlled, um, a two second pause and then a one second up. And on, on that pause, you know, that can be varied. So just to make it simple for our listeners, if you're looking at or visualizing a back squat, four seconds on the down, two seconds on the pause at the bottom of the squat, and then one second back up. And then that is a little bit different if you did an exercise. Bench would be the same way. Pull-ups is going to be opposite. So you're slowing the pull-up down. Right. People, people forget that. So let's, let's talk about that for a second. So it's always the eccentric is your first number. So we know the back squat, that's pretty easy. You're going down. A pull-up, now we're, that first number is when your chin starts above the bar and we're going down. Correct? Yeah, and just to be clear with everybody, when we say eccentric, you know, you your language might be negative. You're going to hear the word negative thrown around in the gym. Mm-hmm. So eccentric and negative is the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, let's let's talk about who can benefit from this. Why would I want to do tempo training? You know, is there somebody out there who can really benefit from it? Is there somebody maybe who wouldn't benefit from it? I think, you know, just going back, like, if you're going to try and get the athlete or the client back to function, stability work is the best way to do it with this tempoed style training. And you, it can really benefit somebody that has um, movement dysfunctions, um, some type of muscle imbalance. You can really spot... Um, Patternally speaking, the the client, let's say uh, in push pattern, they're really solid, but in pull pattern, they're not. Mm-hmm. In squat, they're good, but in like a hinge or a deadlift pattern, they're not. So this will show off a lot of muscle imbalances and a lot of uh, movement dysfunction. Yeah, exactly. Something I've noticed too is if you're a guy who's cleaning <clears throat> often and you're getting pinned at the bottom, I'm going to start to prescribe some Ooh, pause yeah. front squats and For let's sure. work on getting out of the bottom and try to simulate that clean as much as possible. So if you know in some of your bigger lifts where you're weakest, uh, maybe maybe when I'm doing cleans, I have a hard time getting out of the bottom, not because I'm getting pinned at the bottom, but my front squat's weak. Sweet, man, I'm going to give you a ton of concentric work to try to work on slowing that down. So I think some people think, um, coach, i got to speed things up so I can go faster and get more reps. Let's slow things down, work on your strength, work on your positioning, and ultimately kind of get better on your one at maxes. Yeah, you know that athlete is guilty of doing this. They'll do deadlifts, so they'll pick the bar up off the ground, and then they'll drop it. Right whoa, whoa, you're missing out on half that lift. Like half of that deadlift exercise where you're actually going to get strong is controlling that bar back down to the ground. Absolutely. And I think eccentric, we're talking about even deadlifts, will eat your lunch, man. If you are grinding like a five count, six count on the way down, um, that's going to rock your system. And more importantly, like we're getting back to, it's adding variance to your training. And if you're doing the same tempo all the time and you've never tried tempo, it's going to kick your ass a little yeah, bit. Try I mean. a month of it. Three three weeks to four weeks is about a standard um, phase in any training. It doesn't matter where you're getting your um, program design. It's about three to four weeks okay. is about a standard phase. Absolutely. So let's talk about what um, what lifts can people use the tempo work with. You know, I 
I see a lot of back squat, front squat is kind of easy, even overhead squat. Um, kind of the bigger lifts. Is there anything else? I mean, the pull-up can be good too. I love single leg balance exercise sure. for tempo. Yep. It makes the athlete um, recognize you know, asymmetries between right and left. Mm-hmm. So if you can, it doesn't matter what pattern. Mm-hmm. It could be lunge pattern, squat pattern, hinge pattern, all of them, multi-planes. Yeah, there's really not a bad exercise, I think, to do tempo work with. I would start with maybe some of your... Um, bigger movements like a deadlift and a bench press just because yeah. it's a little bit easier to do them in sagittal plane exactly first get get it down feel what it's like to be under tension um, you can use it as strength work you can use it as stability work but be prepared for some big gains coming there if it's written correctly I think there's a lot um, of kind of hidden gems with with tempo work so um, whether you're a CrossFit athlete I think football players can benefit from it I think uh, people who maybe just don't have the right squat pattern if you go slow on the way down it's going to force you to get in those good positions right and even if we're stopping at parallel wherever we're stopping when the when the faults kind of appear let's get you slow down yeah to that's where their weak spot right there exactly so that eccentric is almost going to force you to get into a good position yeah, because you can't hide it's definitely not comfortable training um i know the volume usually is a little bit lower mm-hmm. in tempo because even if you did you know each rep at a four two one pace or four two one tempo is going to take seven seconds. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of time to be exercising, and then you take seven seconds times ten reps. Okay, that set took a lot. Absolutely, yeah. So add that stuff in your in your guys's training and kind of play with it a little bit. See what see what different number scheme you like. Something that I've used a lot with athletes is that three zero x zero. Just really working on the eccentric. Yeah, that's good. If you're looking for a lot of time under tension, the three zero three zero is a good one too. Um, you can also do just something like two, 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 two. So all the way across, it's just a slow two second pull, two second pause, two second release, two second pause. So play with it a little bit, see what works for you. There's a ton of info online on tempo training, but if you're looking for a way to add variance into your training, I think the number one thing is mix up your tempo and the way you move, um, resistance. So <laughs> if it was just explosive, would you write that XXX? and then i would say next to it explosive yeah what's your program today triple x as fast as you can bicep curls oh man that's good stuff okay all right hey podcast listeners thank you so much this is our first paid advertisement today we're coming at you from harmony park view townhomes in rosemont here's what we want you to do if you want to win a nice yeti coffee mug i want you to go ahead and like Harmony Parkview Townhomes in Rosemont, and all you have to do is go on their page, like it, and then comment somewhere, win the day. So the Yeti coffee mug is a win the day, sweet looking little coffee mug. I think you should look at it. We'll put it up on the show notes. Thank you very much. That Once again, it's Harmony Parkview Townhomes in Rosemont. Like their page on Facebook. So uh, go into number two here. So the first way we want to add variance to our training is to add tempo in our lifts. Uh, the second way is kind of something that I've learned a lot from uh, Professor G here is just talking about rotational and anti-rotational work. So I want to kind of sit back and talk about have him talk about rotational work, some of the three planes of motion, and kind of give him the, the floor here. Well, I kind of first got introduced to rotation movements when I was playing rugby a lot um, in college, and a lot of the throws are all lateral. So we would do lateral work and rotational work, you know, in and outside of practice but then i never really looked at it like how do you get rotational movements stronger and i started learning about like different med ball drills and cable drills and then if you're familiar with the uh, functional movement systems chop and lift 
we should put it up on the the, the notes but Absolutely. really you're chopping in different angles so you'd be down in like let's say half kneeling and you do a chop down across your body, switch sides, do it the, on the other side, and then you could pull that cable all the way down to the ground and then do a lift up, go to the other side, and do a lift to the other side. So really, you're bracing your core, and you're moving in these you know, lateral plane of motion, and there's a little bit of rotation in there, and your core just gets super strong by having the weight be pulling you in all these different forces and planes of motion. Mm-hmm. I think too we see some uh, you know we work with a lot of just you know 40 50 year old uh, people who just want to get fit and look good naked and I think what we what we see a lot is we train in that frontal plane straight up and down we're benching with two arms straight out in front of us we're squatting in two legs straight sagittal down sagittal plane sagittal plane city right which is kind of maybe the pitfall of crossfit a little bit we don't see a lot of that side to side lateral game so uh, my question it's coming yeah i think it's going to come absolutely and i hope so cuz um I think exploring that and kind of opening that can can help you in your CrossFit. But uh, going back to rotational work, so why would a 40-year-old who just wants to look good naked, why should he or she do rotational work? Well, whether you want to look good naked or not, I don't know about that. But, you know, I think it is an injury prevention technique for sure. If you're working only sagittal plane, what you're going to get is these muscle imbalances between right and left. So just to paint a picture for our audience is the guy that's constantly doing bench press, he's going to get rounded shoulders front. He's going to get really tight in the pecs. And then if you look at him from a side profile, you're like, wow, he's he's disproportionate from his front to his back. So you kind of get that bro chest going on where you're just totally out of alignment. And then so we, we start to see you know some of the itises from there, like the elbow tendonitis, shoulder, you know, anything – it just ends up being a muscle imbalance. So that, number one, is a big reason. If I can move the person, you know, just get him a little bit more balanced, then I start exploring frontal range, um, which would just be like medicine ball throws are a really good one, or just a cable hold. Mm-hmm. So grab a band, put it on a little column or some type of fixed point, walk out, and it's like doing a side plank with a band. I'm trying to paint this picture. Yeah, can absolutely. You, can yeah. you write no, it no, I'm with you a there. little I bit think, better? I think that's what I think. Um, uh, if you're looking for a resource, Eric Cressy is like Ooh, the I like, yeah, I like him best too. dude. Look, look him up on Instagram. Um, he's really good with his rotational work because he works a lot with baseball players, which brings me to a point. If you're an athlete listening to this and you're not doing any rotational work, whether you play football, basketball, baseball, or any any sport, if you're not doing rotational work, you're behind. Oh, for sure. You're absolutely behind. That Your stuff programming is, is behind. Absolutely. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. So look at, if you're looking for a resource, look at Eric Cressy on um, Instagram. He'll give you some good stuff, especially if you're a baseball player. He's got some really good rehab stuff there, too. Mike um, Boyle is another good Mike resource. Mike Boyle's got some good uh, rotational stuff. What about Speak to us about anti-rotation and kind of what's the difference between those two and, and how do you program the difference? Okay, so I look at just anti-movement in the core in general is if I'm going to train the core, the core does not produce power. The hips and the shoulder produce power. So, you know, below the shoulders and above the hips is our core. Once we're under load, once we're under tension, we want to have that core be as braced as possible. So when we talk about anti-rotation, anti-flexion, anti-extension, I'll, get, I'll paint a picture for the, for the audience. If I'm in plank and you look at the low back, so you're in plank, you look at the low back. If the low back starts to arch, you're trying to actually prevent that. Your back is going into extension, and that's the weak point. 
Now imagine yourself in sit-up where you're rounding your back to come up. We actually want to do sit-ups where your core is nice and stiff and you're not rounding. So that'd be anti-flexion you're trying to do. If you're on a cable or a band exercise and you pull that band out to maximum tension, the band is trying to rotate you back to its origin. You are trying to hold that and anti-rotate. So anti-rotation exercises are great for your obliques. They're great for um, your lower back and all of your stabilizer muscles that keep the hip in line and um, just perfectly, I guess, uh, stabilized. And it lets your hips do the motion, which creates power. So when you look at a baseball player go through the swing of a bat, they are not standing there with stiff hips. They're standing there with very mobile hips, but when they make contact with that ball and they're swinging the, the, the arms through the swing, man, their core is connected with that ball when it finally hits. Same way with the golfer, same way with the pitcher. Any rotational sport athlete goes through a series of lots of movement at the hip and shoulder, but that core remains fairly stiff. Absolutely. The exercise I use all, all the time is the pull-off press. And basically, it's just like you're saying, right? You have the band next to you, whether it's on a, a cable machine, whatever, and you're you're straight out in front. That thing is resisting you back, and we're either doing rotations or we're holding, and you can go from half kneeling, you can go t- uh, tall kneeling yeah. or standing, and we're just resisting the heck out of that thing. Um, I throw that in with my clients all the time. It's a great way to warm up for kind of the rest of your session, too, just to kind of get that core prepped. Um, but pile press, look that thing up. There's a lot of different ways to do it in different positions. You can also do it from tall to a fourth of a squat to a full squat and kind of work on your stability. Yeah, I was just going to say that, like, you brought up, like, all those different positions. Um, a progression that I think I like to use is, like, tall kneeling, two knees on the ground, mm-hmm. then half kneeling, one knee on the ground, Absolutely. and then come up actually into, like, a like a static lunge mm-hmm. where your back knee is just a little bit off the ground. You have to balance. You can almost make your stance be in line and then go through chop, lift, sure. even side rotation, stuff like that. And you can use a cable, band, med ball, doesn't matter. Um, play games with it. Mm-hmm. I like to do that with young athletes. Yeah, I think too, just like the tempo work, anybody can benefit from this anti-rotation and rotation so work. Good. Whether your goal is to back squat 500 pounds or put up a huge deadlift, all that's all this stuff is going to come back into play, especially this uh, rotational anti-rotational work. Um, you think about you know getting under a huge load like five hundred pounds, your core's got to be ready, mm-hmm. your stabilizer's got to be damn Absolutely. ready, um, and so doing some of this work can really try to uh, prep you for that. When or how? Uh, do you add this in your training? Is it do you, Chris? Do you usually do it like kind of in the beginning, at the end? Or is it kind of like a burnout? Is it? So, what do you kind of do? Just speaking from how would I put it in? I would I would have the client first execute. Uh, basically like body weight movements first. I want to see that they can be in side plank with about a 30-second hold. That means their shoulder's going to be stable, their core's going to be stable. I can push them. So imagine yourself in a side plank, and I push on your shoulder, and you're fighting anti-rotation. I can push your hip down towards the floor. You're fighting that anti-bend. Okay, so that's where I would start with just body weight movements. If they're competent in that, then I'll bring on you know some of the other stuff like bands, cables, chops, lifts, stuff like that. But I want to see them in body weight first. Right. Absolutely. I think um, I like to do it. I agree with that. I like to kind of do it in the beginning just to kind of get you prepped. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. Is that what you're going to say too? Yeah. I was going to say like you know that's where I'd start, mm-hmm. and then as far as like going into like how do I put it into the workout? I don't know. I like that beginning. Like yeah. you said, just kind of prep the system. I think too that something that people got to remember is the anti-rotational stuff and the rotational stuff is lightweight we're not going to get super crazy and do these 
heavy ass Russian yeah. twist. Um, Eric Cressy shows a great um, progression on it. And this dude uses six to eight pound med balls. And these kids are just ripping them against the wall yeah. because he's trying to work on velocity, right? He's trying yeah. to work on that uh, that explosion. Yeah, so, no sport is going to have like this huge weight. You don't need you to don't have need this huge load. And, and your obliques really aren't prepared for that. So keep things light and work on full twisting range of motion. Yeah, and coaches, if you see uh, you know an athlete grab a 20-pound med ball to do like rotational they're, it's too heavy. No. It's and, way too heavy. Unless they're a professional athlete of No, some they don't sort. need that. You don't need it. Right. Use the eights and the 10-pound balls to create velocity. Absolutely. Cool. Anything else on rotational or anti-rotational workers? No, I think we covered a lot there. It's so important. I don't think it should be skipped. If you're not doing it, do it. Absolutely. And I think the people that benefit the most are athletes, without a doubt. Yeah. Okay. Injury prevention. So, number one, adding tempo to your lifts. Number two, rotational and anti-rotational work. Number three is one that we try to do a lot here at My Five Fitness is adding in unilateral movements. So it kind of goes in the same pattern of what we've already been talking about to add variance into your training, but we don't want to get stuck with two arm bench press, two arm pull ups, two arm squat or two leg squats. Right? We want to try to mix things up. And Chris, why don't we talk about why? Why would you want to do that? What, what's wrong with just doing two legs all the time? I think this mimics athletic play so much more so than just i mean how many sports are just two legs two arms zero none none there's rotation in every single sport absolutely so this is why yep a trainer that um, i worked with when i was in high school always said there's never going to be a time when two things never going to be a time when you're just running straight down the football field just straight there's always a cut you're always doing something Right? And number two, there's never going to be more than one second when you're standing two feet still on the ground. You always got one foot in the air, you're running, you're cutting, you're moving. Or leaning. So why why would you train that way? I think it's safe. It's easy. You can hypertrophy a little bit more. You can, you know, right. create and, some and, muscle. And, and there, is a, there is a place to do your squats, do your deaths. I'm not, I'm not saying do that. Don't do any of that. But if if you're going to train a sport that requires you to be on one leg a lot of the time, mm-hmm. why wouldn't we train that way here? Correct. Yeah, I agree. So let's talk about what are your go-to unilateral exercises. Go-to unilateral. I like the just the single leg toe touch to balance. Okay. I love those. Yeah. Can you paint a picture for us a little bit? Um, so I'm going to grab. I'm going to do it with body weight first. I'm going to make sure that the client can stand on one foot. Can you move the foot as far as you can forward, as far as you can lateral, and as far as you can to the rear? The foot that's off the ground. Foot that's off the ground. So you're basically tapping in space or like a cone out in front, and then you're going to the lateral. You can move to a um, reverse 45-degree angle and then a straight-back angle, and then you can even do like a a plie type of lunge down. You can even... So these work really good with slide discs even. If you get, you know, instead of just going from a single foot to bounce in the air, actually do it on a slide disc. Mm-hmm. So they have a little bit of support. Mm-hmm. I'd go there. That's my first one. Yeah, that's kind of the entry level, right? Like, let's just see if we can get you on one foot. We have no external load, no resistance. Let's no, yeah, they're there. just learning their body. They're learning space and time. They're mm-hmm. learning all that. So what about a high school athlete that's, man, I got that stuff down. I want to get some. I want to get stronger. What are some more unilateral maybe for, like, the next level? Um, I would. I like the step-ups to balance. That is another, you can take multi-plane movement patterns, so we can go step up to lateral plane, step up to a transverse plane, but it's always that balance, earning that, and then I work with the tempos again, too. Cool. Uh, something that I like to do, and I've found extreme success with football guys, is the Bulgarian split squat, so rear foot elevated split squat, and then just also called split squat, but both feet are on the ground. So imagine you're in your split stance, barbells on your back, and we're just going, almost, it looks like an inline lunge, if you know the FMS, and we're just going split squats, and we're really uh, focusing on that top leg. I've mm. seen huge gains from that 
when you talk when yeah, it correlates to the back squat people want to get a heavier back squat why because when you go back to your strength conditioning coach they want to know if your back squat's higher because that's all they see if you had a good off season right so let me help you i'm not going to keep back squatting because you're already doing it three days two days a week at your high school let's do some other stuff that kind of supplements almost like accessory work to help with their with to help with the back squat so mm-hmm. rear foot elevated split squat and yeah. just the regular split rfe squat you'll hear it programmed rfe or rear foot elevated back squat or and, it, and if you want to get bang for your buck here unilateral tempo work Get time time two things in right all these people are gonna hate us and they, should, like, they should <laughs> but but they're also gonna get huge ass gains in a couple of months so what i'm saying is if you go into the rear foot elevated split squat and add an eccentric tempo it's gonna light up your legs like no other and you're gonna see some big gains in something like a back squat that maybe you're being judged on by your coach or, or who have you yeah for sure um another one just you know thinking planes of motion working that frontal plane or that lateral plane of motion with a slide disc and a kettlebell so you got a kettlebell wrapped in one hand or both hands you're going to slide one leg out non-loaded and you're going to keep the load over one leg so you take it into that lateral plane of motion it's almost like a deadlift you could make it a squat but it's like getting tension in both of those planes straight down that's the deadlift you're letting that leg go out to the lateral work a lot of adductor and inner thigh here absolutely um, really good for balance you know sometimes it's funny i'll see a person do a perfect squat and it's awesome and then i'll be like all right let's let's have you do a side lunge and it's like you cringe yeah they just lose power what happened you know you had a beautiful squat why can't we move side to side sagittal plane slut (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly what i was thinking we have a god bomb here we're just gonna throw some shit around here the sagittal plane slut that's good so I think um, you know if you if you're doing a side lunge and you're having pain or you know it looks bad, we gotta we gotta get into that a little bit and figure out what we can do. The way to improve that is not to go grab a huge ass weight and do side lunges. No, right? body let's, weight first. Execute. Body weight first, and let's progress out of it. So go on side to side. What about some upper body unilateral work, Chris? I think something that you and I program a lot is the half kneeling dumbbell press. I think that adds a lot of core in. Is there anything else yeah, that you do overhead? Upper, up, yeah, upper body unilateral work. Um, you know what? I love this progression where you take a kettlebell and you can either do it, you know, start with your right and just do a kettlebell press. Start walking like you would a farmer carry and then hold that until you can't be in that locked, stable position. So you might, you might be walking for like... So for those who can't see, you're overhead. Yeah, so I'm, I'm overhead. I have a kettlebell in my hand or a dumbbell in my hand. I am just going to f- walk like I would a farmer carry. And I'm going to keep walking until I see like a little bit of a break at the elbow. That's telling me that the person doesn't have the mobility to stay in that overhead position. So as soon as I see that, I tell them to go down to the front rack. And then I hold them in the front rack for the rest of the farmer carry. And if I want to get really crazy, I'll just take them down to a regular farmer carry to finish out the exercise. But if you go from overhead, as long as you can hold it, all the way down to a front rack, as long as you can hold it, and then switch arms, that is creating a ton of overhead um, I would say, you know, stability in the in the overhead uh, um, just movement pattern, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. I think another, just to throw out more exercise for you guys, single arm farmer farmer walk, right? We see people always yeah. do two arm. Try one arm. Super, the core that is involved here is money. Right. So. And just try not to lean to each side. Still stay heavy with it. You don't have to go lighter. Stay with the same weight you would go with two arms, but put it in one. Yeah, if it ends up being a grip issue, um, you know, I would rather have the athlete not hook grip or any, you know, sexy thing like that, just sure. as long as they can with as heavy as they can. Right. That's a good one. Uh, something else is single arm 
lunge. I love doing this with, with athletes and clients just because it's, it's working on your balance. It's working on your stability. Yep. So you're doing lunges and instead of holding, you know, like the classic uh, dumbbell in each hand, you just have a dumbbell in one hand and just yeah. see what it feels like. You're still doing both legs and you're walking, you know, 20 steps, what have you. And that's going to kind of work your core just as much, um, if not more, as with two dumbbells. What do you like to do upper body? Like, let's say um, you're in push-up position mm-hmm. and you'll do like a shoulder tap. So you've got to be in that you know, you're on three points of contact for just a second mm-hmm. while one arm is coming up, tapping the shoulder. You come back down to push-up position. The other arm comes up and taps the other shoulder, yeah. stuff like that. I really like that one as a warm-up, and I put it in with um, CrossFit classes all the time. And, and a little thing you guys can do that really warms up my shoulders is I'll go 10 hand taps. So you're touching each hand. Try not to move your hips. Then 10 shoulder taps alternating. Yeah. And then you go into 10 push up that'll light up your shoulders and get you ready to go for a warm-up do you program any like um single arm dumbbell press like on a bench press or anything like that that's another good option we just don't see it a lot in crossfit but if i have a one-on-one athlete and we're trying to work on imbalances that's 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 a big one for me whether you're laying flat whether it's an incline whether it's an overhead i think just getting into unilateral work is going to help alternating absolutely yeah and if you're feeling yourself let's say we're doing strict presses and you feel one arm kicking ass over the other one right on we got to start working on that other side right and the common question I get is, well, so should I just live with my left then because it's the weaker one? No, still, don't neglect your right arm. Barbell right? Shrug did a, a test. Okay. They, you would be in a seated position. You would grab as heavy as dumbbell as you could, and you would do your max five-rep overhead press. Sure. So you grab as heavy as you can go, right arm, mm-hmm. see what you could do, and then left arm, and see what the difference is. Mm-hmm. Would yours be the same? Probably not. <laughs> really? I mean, I don't know. I've never tested it. But what I do know is that if you have a little imbalance, Okay, if you have a huge imbalance, we need to work on that, right? So the best ways to work on muscle imbalances is unilateral work. For sure. Correct? Um, sweet, man, I like where we're going with this. Yeah, so um, we, know why, we know why it's important for muscle imbalances. Is there anybody who could benefit from this? You know, the last one we kind of talked about, athletes being a big one. Uh, is there anybody specifically that's like, man, you need to do some more unilateral work? I would say overhead sport athletes, you know, especially, you know, dominating on one side. You know, you look at volleyball players basketball players pitchers right that are always using that even hockey players have a dominant side Mm -hmm. i like to uh you know mix that up a little bit with them and make them use their weak hand absolutely you know and it doesn't always have to be you know like super heavy it just needs to be it could be skill work as Mm -hmm. well yeah is there a certain way that you would prescribe this work is it like a couple days a week is it accessory work is it after workout is it your main session how do you program unilateral work i think if the the fundamentals are down then we would use it later on. Like, I'm not going to focus on that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, hey, we're going to get you equal in strength, stability, mobility, all those things first. Mm-hmm. And then this is like little candy. That, you know, you, you know. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because I think so too. I think the unilateral work is great, but you're not going to get huge on it. Like, if your goal is to yeah. increase absolute strength, you still got to do your back squats. You still got to do your front squats and deadlifts and those kind of bigger lifts. This stuff comes after. When I write strength programs, what I try to do is, three days a week of really heavy big lifts and then one day out of that week you're doing your um, unilateral work so it depending yeah. on, on how much you're training or what your training age is there's a lot, there's a lot of um, variables here but depending on where you're at if you can get one day where you're doing all unilateral work I think you're on the right page yeah mix it up for people I think you know the normal gym goer just wants to have you know variety mm-hmm. and this is kind of points out some of their weak points and I kind of think 
keeps them in the game a little bit. Absolutely. You know? And the unilateral work gets you away from the barbell. Everybody loves the barbell. I love the barbell. Um, I would train on it every day if I could. But I think getting to the dumbbells, the kettlebells, that's what's going to help you some more with that single leg, single arm movement. So even yeah. like the renegade row, like phenomenal exercise um, just to work on one at a time, um, pulling one double at a time from the push-up position. Yeah, that's such to, a great exercise. It's a great exercise, yeah. but we forget about it all the time. So yeah. getting back to the dumbbells and the kettlebells, um, you know, if you're not like, I don't know how to program this or I don't know what exercises, just go back to the dumbbell and kettlebell, get away from the barbell for like a couple weeks. It'll yeah. help you out. Unless, unless you're in the sport of CrossFit, you got to be good with the barbell. But if you, if you don't get to some, um, get to some dumbbells, get to some kettlebells, get back to some band work to work on anti-rotation. Yeah. Play around even with tempos and with that stuff. Absolutely. Know? All the stuff, all three of these great way to add variance in your training. So let's kind of wrap this thing up, Chris. Let's just kind of summarize again what we went through. So three different ways for you guys to add variance in your training. The first one, adding tempo into your lifts. Start with bigger lifts, okay, and work on the eccentric first. So a common one that I used um, in the beginning of the episode was three zero x zero. Three seconds on the way down, nothing at the bottom, shoot up, nothing at the top. Slow things down, not always going uh, super fast. Chris, you touched on rotation work. Yeah, um, I love the progression of both knees on the ground, doing core work from side to side, and then the chop and the lift, which is diagonal work, and then moving up into half kneeling, side to side, and then diagonal work, and then um, kind of like a, a really low static lunge, side to side, diagonal work, and then finally standing in, in kind of just like a really athletic position, side to side, diagonal work absolutely and that's a lot a lot of athletes can benefit from that and keep things light okay you don't have to go super heavy on rotation work the third thing we talked about was unilateral or single leg or sorry single limb movements this is just good for muscle imbalances um if you're constantly doing the sagittal plane the sagittal plane slut i guess is what (laughs) we're going going baby if you are one of those people one day a week would benefit you so much try to create a whole session of just single leg uh single limb keep saying that single limb movements and see how your body feels afterwards so um help out uh, muscle imbalances obviously just get away from um the the common that you're doing every single day great way to add variance into your training so tempo work rotational work and unilateral work is what we got today for adding into your variance chris yeah. do you have anything else you i think we add? covered quite a bit yeah. there that was pretty good yeah, we're kind of i mean i hope hope the listener can you know hear this and go okay i know what they're they're talking about absolutely yeah, maybe yeah. we can do some Instagram posts to kind of show yeah. people what our go-to exercises exactly. are, too. Speaking of Instagram, guys, if you are on Instagram, give us a follow at, at MyFitPodcast. Uh, like us, DM us. If there's something that you want us to talk about, guys, give us some material. We'd love to answer your questions and talk anything health, nutrition, and fitness uh, related. Um, right, Chris? Is there That's right. Else? I was just I was getting ready on the bomb button. I wanted to, like, throw muscles. Might as well, as well hit that. That's the muscle. And just hit Awesome. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to check out our last episode, I got a bunch of positive feedback about Addison's um, podcast. No kidding. Yeah, he did such a it. badass job. He, did he a great was job. fun to listen to. People loved his story. People loved his that passion. That was a great podcast. Go back to episode seven. Listen to Addison's podcast or um, story on, on the episode. I think you'll really like what he had to say. So, um, guys, have an awesome weekend. We will be back. We have a chiropractor coming in that's going to work with us and talk to us a little bit about his methodology and kind of what he does. Really excited to have. Dr. Matt Wiest on the podcast. So have a great weekend. That's it for the MyFit Podcast. Cheers.